Welcome, Welcome to, to Art with <laughs> Fiona Verity. Say it again. Fiona? No. Fiona Verity. And Julie Nicholson. Mate. I got the heart going. Oh, that was a bloody right old bugger. Cat's not going to. Hi Lottie, so sorry. That's all right. It's fine. New computer. Thought I had the Zoom on there and I didn't. No worries. And we've got we've got my dog here who's so bored because it's so wet. And no. Julie's cat is like looking at my dog. Yeah, there going, might be a massive fight. There might be a massive so... fight because <clears throat> he's like, why is she? <laughs> Losing his mind. Is it really wet up in Newcastle? Yeah. Yeah, I was worried you wouldn't be able to hear me because I'm, I've got a tin roof. Can Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. So, yeah. 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 yeah, I know. It's just terrible for the school holidays, isn't it? I know. And I've got a border collie too, so, yeah, it's not. No, not ideal. No, it's not. You've got a, it's, they get so bored. Oh, so, they do. It's so much work. Can you see? Look, she's, she's, oh, you've got a big one too. Oh. The poor cats are like this. They're like <laughs> losing their minds. Yeah, losing their minds. Well, thank you for talking to us, Lottie. We really wanted to speak to you up at um, Newcastle, but we thought two, both of you in one weekend might be a bit too much. So um, we didn't. But anyway, we saw your studio when we came in. It was really great. Oh, thank you. Is that too loud now? It is getting really loud, the rain. I honestly can't hear the rain. Okay. New here. I can just hear. (laughs) (laughs) You'll probably only need just to hear. You can ignore most of what we say. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Um, So I remember seeing your work, I think it was Dominic Merch or somewhere like that. And I was really blown away by your work when I saw it. I hadn't really seen anything like it. And it really reminded me of Sally Gabor's work because I really love her work. And it was so bold and just it seemed like it was really from the soul rather than paint by numbers you know it was really from the heart like how would you describe your work to someone who's who hasn't seen it oh um it's it's definitely um the very restricted palette which I think most people would agree with um often very kind of monumental forms and yeah that yeah I guess there is like a there's a spiritualness to them I think that they are more about what you feel than what you what you try to understand but yeah you know and I hope that that is the you know the impact so would you would you say that they're like on a Rothko vibe in that you want that reaction you want people to spend a long time sitting with them and connect they're not a quick fix are they they're not a no I'd love that I would I'd love to have a chapel like Rothko yeah (laughs) people would just sit there and meditate that would be yeah that would be good but I can see I Julie and I recently went back to the UK and we saw um, well, I sat in the room in the tape for a long time, and I feel like your work <clears throat> would be amazing in that environment of a lot of them surrounding you. Yeah, I, I actually like my my ideal type of shows are where I plan a whole space. Yeah. So I love 
if I have the opportunity to have shows at like regional, you know, and institutional yes. shows, because it's, I can very much build a space up rather than, you know, a, a gallerist just wanting to put pictures on walls. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah, does exactly. That connect a bit with your performance work, which is, you know, the, the artworks become like a performance in a surround yeah. space. Yeah, and more and more I'm seeing them as, um, oh, sorry, seeing them as, uh, as not as performances, but as, you know, I guess they're sort of, there's a conceptual sort of a thing to them. So like I might have like two paintings that are identical where I've made one that's come from a place within, you know, and then the other one is made from copying what is already existing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you talk about. Um, I've been was reading some things about you, Lottie. I was my husband's like, shut the computer. I'm like, no, no, one more article, one more article. And I read last night that you said that you destroy a mark because if you think you've said it before. What yeah, do you think about Lottie? Um, it's not. It's. I guess I'm always trying to find, um, I don't stay on things like, you know, my palette stays the same, but I don't stay on something for a very long time. Um, yeah. yeah. So even when I say, oh, they're, you know, the, the forms are monumental, like right now I'm working with these big kind of sloppy yeah. things. So yeah. um, I'm always pushing into other things, hopefully. So are, you, are you trying always to not, repeat your mark making because it's I'm not so much that it's more I'm trying to I I, I don't like when my hand knows how to do it yes. right. my mind goes oh yeah do that yes, yes. and so I and I and I see artists that do make the same work for 20 years and I go I don't understand how you don't go into that space and um you aren't like desperate to explore the next thing like there yeah. must be some impulse there that's um so I and I and I for me I you know maybe it's different you know I mean I love this idea of um Jagametti kind of worked on the same form and maybe he just had to keep making the same form over and over and over yeah yeah there's there is something beautiful about you know painting the same mountain for 30 years but I think it's just um because in terms of my concepts I don't think they've shifted too far mm. they all sort of are about similar things but yeah in terms of my I, I'm it's all about the hand forgetting sometimes I intentionally take it like a week out of the studio because my hand's getting too like like familiar yeah definitely definitely I think, I, mm. I think because your work is vast you know they're big and bold and like you say <laughs> that there's the limited palette perhaps um that you've got nowhere to hide in there so no. got, so there's no sort of like I'm just twiddly over yeah. there. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. in, it's but how do you keep such a limited palette? Like, how do you keep so restrained? Because we were saying, I think your work's very meditative and possibly about meditation in some respect. You're but asking two questions there, Julian. All right, love. Um, <laughs> but, no, but it's really hard to keep a limited palette. I try to, and then I'm like, oh, I just put some red in. Like, how do you keep yourself from... Oh that. God, no! I try to extend the palette. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bloody have pinks, and I never do purples. But you know, I'll have quite a few 
colors coming in and then I just gradually block them out um ah, so is there other things underneath oh yeah if you look at my work there's always colors underneath okay yeah. cool. and that creates the depth I think if I just Definitely. went straight into yeah black and white it, they I don't think they're as successful you can see the undertones and yeah but but, why but, might, but when people out? what's that why do you block the color out if you met me and you came into my house and you saw my wardrobe, you would go, oh, you are just your art, right. right. Yeah, because you did that amazing year-long performance, compartmentalised, mm. which I was reading about, which I think is fantastic and yeah. good on you. What drove you to that? And can, so, you, can you tell our listeners about it? The- yeah, I did a year, so I... I did a year long of living with minimal possessions. So I literally had one of, you know, one dress, one top, well, two tops, two, two jumpers, two pairs of pants, one pair of pants. Um, anyway, it was, yeah, very restricted. Three pairs of underwear and bras and knickers. Yeah. And your um, socks by the end of it, Lottie, were gold. But yeah. I think there was more foot than sock in the photo. <laughs> I just revisited that photo recently. I was like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? No, I think but, it's brilliant. I admire you. I think it's so cool. I did it for one day. I wore my clothes. <laughs> I wore my clothes back to front to see how it would feel. Oh, I like lasted, I did. <laughs> no, I just lasted one day going, this is yeah. too much. Can't cope. I now wear a lot of my clothes back, the, a lot of my shirts back the front and yeah. dresses back the front because I had to get so creative with my clothes during yes, that time. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I would live, I think I would like to live like that all the time. I came down recently downstairs in the morning and said to my partner, I just want to get rid of everything. All the furniture would just sit on the floor. I don't want anything. Yeah. I, like last night I woke up in the middle of the night with rain and I'm like, I hate having to protect my possessions. This, yeah. I don't want to have to store my paintings. I just want to get rid of them in a way. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, I, I would prefer to have, um, less it's I don't know it's the maintenance there's so much time wasted yeah. in the maintenance of yeah and I th- I was saying like you know I've you know <clears throat> been in circus dances that you can't live with much and it's you get really creative mm. in all aspects mm. of your life if you don't have much you have to be so creative in ways to live and work and cook stuff like that if you haven't got much and that's why I love camping because I just I really enjoy not having much there and it it, possessions aren't that you know I think it's such a consumer culture and I assume that's sort of what you were reflecting on when you did the performance piece because it's such a big issue it seems it's just insatiable where does it end well that's yeah where does it end and I was also doing it because of um I was trying to see if the physical possessions had a um, held like a physical space in my mind. Mm. And if I, I just had a child and I was so overwhelmed. I was trying to balance my art practice and having a kid and working a job. And, and I, um, <laughs> I was like, I just, I started buying jars for all my food and just jarring everything like, and, and I became aware that I was trying to control my life that was so out of control. So the start of compartmentalize was actually me going, I'm going to put all my possessions into jars. But though, Lonnie, I think I connect with you on this because I also suffer from anxiety and I I really 
I don't know what the word is, but I'm grateful for you sharing your thoughts and experiences with anxiety, because I think we're becoming more understanding of it, but <clears throat> it is so difficult <clears throat> for some people to understand it if they don't, have they've never experienced it. Hmm. And I think that as with a creative mind, it can become all consuming. And I think um, an art practice can help or it's helped me to quantify those feelings. Mm. So when did you start to think about, so it's meditation is really, uh, and controlling your mind is too strong a word, isn't it? Oh, well, I tried meditating. I actually tried meditating this year for the first time ever. It's so and hard. how'd you go? Oh my God, I became so aware of when I became anxious that I would go, oh my gosh, I'm anxious. Yeah. Like I yeah. <laughs> thing all of a sudden. And I had this weird experience where every morning I'd be lying in bed and I'd go, when, when did I wake up? So like there was serious transition, like the, the neural pathways were shifting dramatically. Mm. But I think I must have been a bit stressed at the time because the awareness of my anxiety was so overwhelming that I had to stop. And it was like, I spoke to someone about it who's meditated a lot. And she's like, when you start meditating, it's like there's all this sediment at the bottom of a, drink bottle or something or orange juice and shake it up yeah and it just starts to yeah yeah and I was like I think I need to be in a better but I yeah. I look at your performance pieces and think you you're up there with the Dalai Lama in your controlling of your wow. mind seriously you lay on the bed with the dripping I would have been running for the hills screaming after four drips <laughs> that's a meditation Lottie that is insane oh well, yeah I think that the, for me I've, I'm someone who um I probably use action like repetitive actions as a way to meditate rather than sitting still yes um although I, I'm so I'm very interested in what was happening when I started to meditate that once I have a moment where it's um like when I'm traveling or something when I'm not in my usual life maybe that would be a better time to do it yeah that's true that's good but idea. I yeah, like, you know, doing puzzles, standing in the studio painting, that's definitely, you know, reading a book. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think that's that can be <clears throat> quite meditative anyway. And, like, I've get, we've both given up drinking a few years ago and I feel like it was exactly that, shaking up the bottle. But I was reading the other day, like, it becomes, like, everything is, like, hyper, you're hyper aware of yeah. the good and the bad when you maybe meditate and when you don't drink like you become very aware of yourself and what you have done and mm. do and mm. it's sort of um horrible and great at the same time but I mean nothing can be without the other so I suppose it's good just to have it open and and exploring I mean is that why do you do performance work is it is it to get stuff out oh that my earlier works were um you know long durational pieces and I think I, I was interested in the shift that can happen within the self in that period of time like from the start of me laying on the bed for instance and then the drips starting until the end there would have been you know transition that people were in, in a way witnessing in real time um, and compartmentalize oh it's still I, I think I made that work in 2013 so nine years ago and I'm I'm, the impacts of it are there. My, I'm packing to go away at the moment and my stepmom's helping me go through all my clothes and she's like, 
oh, that's that looks ratty. It's nice. Everything's just so ratty and looks so old. And I, was, I said, I can't throw, I can't throw things out and replace them. I'm not. I just can't do it. I just keep wearing them until they're like shredded. Yes. Um, and I find it really, yeah. Uh, everything has to have multi uses. Yeah. <laughs> like single use items or or um items that only have one one use and that can't have those and yeah because yeah. it wasn't just your wardrobe was it it was your yeah, whole yeah. house and then I love the photo of your cutlery drawer yeah. and, I, and I, as I opened my cutlery drawer last night um and I had about 101 boys around teenagers for dinner I thought to myself I'd love to have that, but then they wouldn't have. They'd have had to use their hands to. Yeah, how do you, how do you do it with kids? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I had one. I, I got to the point after a few months, or actually probably weeks. I said, "Oh, we're going to have to compartmentalize his possessions and my partner's possessions." So I made all of us shrink down. They they had more than me, but with it, so I would prefer to have less. I live in a. I feel like I'm living in a way right now. That's just to sustain the having children stage. I have two now, a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. And as soon as they leave, I'm just going to, like, yeah, you know, one bowl, yeah. one spoon. Yeah. I love yeah. that film, Captain Fantastic, you know, when they live in the woods. Yeah. And yes. they just, oh, you have to see it, Lottie. And um, this family's brought up in the woods with all the kids. And it just, every now and again, I just, I mean, I would die in one day, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I really get not. this feeling a lot of the time yeah. that I want to go and just live in the woods like oh yeah me too in a tree house like done let's do it let's do it let's do oh. it but well, you know, the funny thing it's really hard to escape I, I have this problem where I go I don't I just don't believe in the way we live I just don't I don't believe in it I think it's bullshit I drive through cities and I'm like what are these things we've created yeah. this is ridiculous um but I it's very hard to exit um or to live in a different way now like it's, it's mm. well they can't they don't yeah. love you the government well, don't you can't you. just think of the administration of it like you can't avoid it you're gonna do your yeah. taxes and yeah. yeah it is it is very hard but then I guess well <clears throat> I grew up in in the UK well both did in um and I was a teenager in the 90s 80s 90s early 90s and there was a lot of freedom people living freely a lot of people living in buses and living more of a gypsy lifestyle yeah but they all got moved on I know but that's what I was going to say but you can't it's just no you're not allowed you're not allowed and it's so frustrating but where hang on where did this philosophy come from like did your when you grew up I think you grew up in Melbourne somewhere like where did this philosophy come from have you come to it yourself I don't I don't know but a lot of things that I do in my practice and a lot of sort of beliefs that I have, people always go, oh, it's just so linked to Buddhism. So, and I'm like, I've never even read anything on Buddhism. I've got no idea. But um, for some reason, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in rural Victoria in a place called Briagalong for the first five years of my life. And my parents split when I was two and a half. They were living on a farm. Then I lived with my dad for a period of time in the country in that, that first five years. And we lived in this tiny mud brick house and you'd go upstairs and there'd just be, it was this one open room in a way with a staircase in the middle. And he had his end and I had my end and he just worked like two days a week teaching art. He's an artist. Oh. And then he spent the rest of the time like 
caring for me and looking after the horse across the road that he had in a paddock there, our horse, and and painting in his art studio. And we'd have a walkie-talkie for intercom. <laughs> he'd be in the studio. He might, my dad never sleeps. So he'd be in the studio and he'd he'd have me on the little speaker thing and I'd sing and he'd say things so we, I knew he was there and oh. uh, we had a very simple life and he still says to me that was the best time of his life. Yeah, definitely. Oh. So you, think- you've learned that behaviour in a way. You've learned the, the you've learned the that feeling or perhaps do you think you're striving for that feeling through your artwork? Yeah. Maybe. Because to me, that sounds like bliss. And I think that a lot of artists are looking for that. And I think because we're, it's us and whatever medium we're using, in our cases, paint, you know, we're looking for that space, that quiet space, perhaps. And it's I guess that- meaning, yeah. I, yeah. I like, whereas my mother was quite the opposite. She was very glamorous. That's um, so cool. She, I she love passed, that. Passed away, she passed away a couple of years ago now, but she was blonde had the nails done all the time everything ha- at the house was like a hotel yeah um and I re- and that's probably why I don't use much color she loved fuchsia pinks and these oranges yeah. and and she said to me one day oh do you think you reject beauty because of me and I'm like oh god <laughs> thanks mum thanks but yeah that that probably has been a part of my um yeah but it's, yeah, but it's also very much a, a current in the sense of the female, a young female is kind of dictated to look in a certain way now through social media. And there's a lot of pressure on young girls, I think, to to look very female. I don't know, whatever that. Gender fluid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I did a post the other day of a portrait of myself and I knew people would be like, oh God, that's a bit, you know, not pretty. And straight away, like one of the first reactions was, oh, you don't look impressed. And I'm like, I, I knew, I, and I almost wanted to write. This is not like. No, I don't want affirmation. Yeah. It's not about, at no point do I feel the need to have a photo of me in the studio and for me to look pretty. What is the relationship? I agree. Don't don't get us started. No one says to my husband about his posts and his portraits. Looking. No. And no no one asks James to sit on in, in a position and look sultry at the camera with his paintings. Do they? It's no. Oh, but they always ask me to, and I see photos all the time and I'm mortified and I look, like a oh, <laughs> notice I can't say the term but um I know I'm hearing yeah that's the, I pull a face yeah. nutty. but do you think I think it probably is because your mum was like that and your dad wasn't you yeah. had that yin and yang that you could see the difference yes. I think if you grow up with both parents one like that or not I wonder if you can see it so clearly but it was probably quite clear for you to see that that probably wasn't making your I, I don't know obviously what no, it, mom, but it wasn't making her you know any better of a person put doing her nails and and the way she dressed if you get what I mean like you probably saw that that wasn't it was pointless yeah and actually and in terms of also the um the striving to have stuff she actually lost everything when I was 14 she went bankrupt oh. and so I watched this woman who kind of remained this glamorous thing but she she ended up having to like sleep on the couch of her friend's house, you know, had lost the car, everything gone. And I had to move back to my dad. I was living with her at the time and I moved back to my dad's and my stepmom's. Um, 
So it was funny. This like she still looked the same. Yeah. Wow. He had nothing to back up this kind of appearance that she had. And and maybe I saw her lose everything. So I have this thing like if I don't have anything, I have you nothing. You don't have it to lose. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, I, t- I I know what you mean. I know it's people like say, what would you save in a fire? I'm like the cat. Nothing. Like obviously the people my family but nothing like why would why like, and I know that sounds really glib because people do lose their whole houses and it does mean something but it 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 that's just not how I think <clears throat> but I it, yeah oh we were talking about this the other day because I'm a bit obsessed with objects I love things and but it doesn't necessarily mean I find things on the road and I I like but I my mother died and my father I didn't go back to get my childhood things and mm. Julie's daughter's just got these great roller skates and I'm like really triggered I'm like I wanted my role all I asked my dad for was my mum's teddy bear and my roller skates please just save those but everything went in the skip but yeah. it's 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 memory isn't it exactly. it's not the object it's not so what would you, if you had them what would you do with them that's you right. Put them in the I know, Lottie. I know. But yeah, I'm it's still... all about memory, I'm... which is is yes. with your work. Well, hang on. Let's go back, Lottie, because you we know James was telling us that you went to Berlin. Yes. You sort of cut your teeth over there, but you didn't go to art school, did you? So, I mean, obviously, you've had your dad. Who is your dad? His name's Dino Consalvo. Oh, we've messaged him before for an interview. Oh, it's shocking with Dutch. I'll, 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 I'll you ask him. It's all about who you know. Someone told right. us about him. Yes, we want um, to talk to him. Yes, wonderful. Okay, I'll make sure that happens. That would oh, be awesome. That would be fantastic. Yes, yeah, so did your dad <laughs> inspire you to become an artist, do you think? Um, <laughs> I think I think there were moments of him trying to stop me. Yeah, I can imagine. Him when he knew it was going to happen regardless he was like right well now I'm going to encourage you all the way that's great so that was really good he yeah yeah there, there's been moments as a you know when I was pregnant with our first child and we were so broke and I was like applying for a psychology degree and he's like what are you doing just keep going okay cool um, good on but him. yeah he 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 at the, he kind of he, my dad doesn't give um compliments easily like if, and if you're doing well at something, he intentionally says nothing yeah. because he doesn't want to influence you in any way, mm. which makes sense now. But as a as a teenager painting and not getting any compliments, except for one, I remember clearly, um, you're kind of like, oh, am I doing it right? Like, am I? Yes. How, how do you know? I mean, I, I think it's great that you didn't go to art college because I it's an awesome example of you don't need to or have to to be successful and but you did go to university though didn't you I did I did but I also think I think that actually study is amazing but you can do it in lots of other ways um yeah, exactly that's mentorship um when I was in Berlin I basically treated it like a degree I just went to every museum yeah all the works the whole painting the entire time looking sculpting trying everything started making performance it was a lot harder in terms of like trying to understand what was good and what was not especially in performance art so I made a lot of probably pretty tragic performances Mm -hmm. because I had no guidance there like and I didn't know you did a degree you've you've I did a a business degree I it was entrepreneurship because I had a jewelry business I was making handmade jewelry and I said to my dad I'd got into fine art at 
Monash and RMIT and I forgot I didn't I didn't apply for VCA because no one told me it was a separate application but um, I got into them and I got into business entrepreneurship at RMIT and dad I said dad what do you think I should do and he said oh you don't need to do go to art school just do the business degree that'll help you because he went to he went to Alexander Mackey which is now the National Art School he did that for a year and then he went to Monash in Caulfield in because he's from Newcastle went to Sydney went to Melbourne um so he yeah he's like he really struggled after art school I think he can tell you that in his degree in yeah yeah so I think he was like oh a bit and, but I think it's so inspiring because you have done the work you've done all the work but you didn't you the don't have the piece of paper and no. that I find inspiring, Lottie, because that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're like putting the hours in. We've got this amazing opportunity. We're speaking to people who are doing it, like yourself and James and all the other amazing people we've interviewed. But we are just turning up every day to the studio and lots of our listeners are doing the same thing. And I think there's many ways to, to achieve mm. whatever success is, you know. Um, but what did you do when you got back from Berlin? Like you just started having group shows and like, how do you think your career sort of took? What you, was, yeah, okay. yeah, I was pretty fortunate. I got, um, I told a gallery in Sydney, Damien Minton Gallery, that it was looking like I'd have a show with another gallery in Sydney that, and my, and James was showing with them at Damien Minton's, my husband was. Yeah. And I said, oh, this gallery looks like they're going to give me a show. And he's like, oh no, I'll give you a show. So he gave me a show and I had a sellout show, my first show. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then he's like, will you join the stable? So that was the beginning of that. Great. Um, but then, yeah, then he closed down. And at that point I was working a lot on my performance practice. Yeah. Was that when you worked with Marina? I could never say her Abramovich, last Abramovich, Abramovich, yeah. And yeah. I got to, well, that, and that kind of, um, yeah, that was, I'd started doing a couple of things with um, Alaska Projects, which is a gallery. It was a gallery in Sydney. Yeah. Sebastian Goldspink was the director there. Yeah. And he he was amazing. I just, con oh, how did we even become, how did I even meet him? I can't remember. But I I did a performance there once. And then I contacted him and said, I'm, I want to have a painting show. I haven't had a painting show in years. I've just been making my performance. But I want to have a painting show. And I want to have it with you. And I was in Europe and I couldn't get through to him. He was always busy and I ended up like on the top of a mountain, like trying to get through to him. And he's like, yes, okay, we'll lock in a, we'll lock in a show. And from that show, I got a Melbourne gallery and then a curator saw my work there that put me in a show at Dominic Mersch gallery. And then he picked me up and the Abramovich residency came through that. And that, so working with um, Sebastian Goldspink was one of the really important mm. um, parts in my career trajectory. Yeah, yeah. But with your performance work, Lodgy, do you, with the messages that you're getting across, do you think that they need to be explained so that, who are they for, is what I'm trying to ask? Oh, it's all for me. Thank <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, what you've got to be really careful when you're making art, thinking yeah. about is it for, because... I mean, you'd make completely different work. If I made work for my mother, it would be very different to the work I'd make for myself. For of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what, I think we're, what we're, say, we're trying to say well, is. Well, performance art can be very misunderstood. Yes, that's what I mean. Um, you know, like you can watch it and go, I don't understand what it's about. What I think we're trying to 
well, understand yeah. is like my mom is just I, I say it all the time but she's got no idea bless her I mean she would literally watch your performance work and go what the bloody hell oh, that so my mother said <laughs> Yeah. I would say, I think she needs to go see someone, Arjun. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a quote my mother saw. I said, she must have somehow online seen photographs or a video of one of my early performance works, which was like, you know, me on a swing with black paint poured all over me. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, 12 years ago or something. And she called me. I was in like living in Leipzig in Germany at the time. And she's called me going, I might be a woman, a middle-aged woman from the suburbs, but this is not art. <laughs> Stop it. Oh. Yeah, that would be my mum. But yeah. then I feel like you're on the right track. If yes. your mum hates it, it's yeah. probably good. That's Maybe. Yeah. Definitely. But, but with performance art, right, so say like you're a young artist and you want to get into performance art, mm. it's so like it's almost more revealing than painting. Like it's yeah. so bringing yourself out of and on, on show. And how do you... How do you speak to people through that work? Like, why wouldn't you just make a documentary if you want to tell people about refugees or something? Like, what is it about doing performances art that is appealing to you? Mm. Well, I mean, I actually have I've, the last live. I haven't made live performance in a long time. I make mainly video works now. Yeah. And my last live performance, which was last year, I everyone came to Dominic Mersch gallery to see it and I wasn't there but the gallery um one of the gallerists there she read out a description of what I was doing at that time but I was in the middle of the bush like 270 kilometers away cutting a pine tree down but she described the action I was doing and everyone imagined the performance and she told them when the tree was falling and they imagined it for you know. But because uh, I have definitely stepped away from live performance so as much, um, why would people, why do we, why did I do it? Why did people do it? Um, I mean, I guess it's like, I mean, like people making a painting to talk about yeah. or something, I guess it's not, not dissimilar. Um, why is it so misunderstood, do you think? Is it because... You know, because I think all art has to have a, you know, it has to rise above the, uh, I don't know, like, it, you know, the, the does, everyday it, does it have to be obvious? This is because oh, no one wants not. it to be obvious. No one wants it to be obvious, but That's then right. people try to understand it. And you have to expect that you have, I mean, it's like anyone going into any gallery looking at paintings. They try to, want, what is it? I can see a figure in your abstract painting. You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, can yeah, you not no, see no, it? No. Can you not tell me the figure you see? Because now all I can see is a figure. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I don't think it's the artist's job to explain. No, no. What do you is. think there needs to be a like almost like a puzzle, like a clue? I mean, or like a cryptic crossword or something. Yes, sometimes because I find that with performance work, particularly, if I get a tiny clue, I'm in. It takes me. Was that why you need the description on the on the wall, or, or I, I don't necessarily need the description, but more that that kind of link connects me a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's nice for an audience to have some entry point. I think because that's why I'm standing there getting very yeah. lost. I think that's yeah. you know the attention deficit problem more than anything. It's that yeah. I'm like, what the is yeah. happening? But I suppose I think artists are trying to get you to feel something not yes. just to know something which yes. is very different like because you could 
you know, read a book on refugees, but seeing your work might cause an emotion, which is the same as a painting. Yeah. Rather than, you know, something so direct. So I suppose that's that's what all performance or installation work. And it might not connect with everyone, but, you know, people that see it in a certain way will have a, a, a visceral emotion to it. Mm. That's what you hope. Well, as an artist, if you don't give an entry point and there's a lot of people that are there who don't don't know your work, they don't know, like if, if people already know the themes you explore, they could probably come into a space, see you making a performance and have an idea of what, what's happening. Yes. No one knows anything about you and you should probably assume that most people don't. You, I think even just a para, you know, a sentence yes. could, the yes. title could hint what yeah. it is. Exactly. And I do think that's only fair to give an entry point because also it would be a shame if people didn't try to, they couldn't feel anything because it was just too too um, yeah. alienating. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I think that then lets more people in because I do think everybody has the capacity to connect with art, but I think it's seen still as a very much just for certain people. And I feel that more people would connect if they didn't feel embarrassed by not understanding. Yeah. And I think um, it would be great to get more people to, to, to connect with it because it's yeah. so But powerful. then it's such a fine line, isn't it? Because then there's this dumbing down of like, you yes. know, on TV or yes. film, the reality, you know, it's a dumbed down to, you know, audiences that they think can't understand. And I think but I it, think people everyone, can understand on different levels. But everyone's different in their taste. What you like, I don't, and mm. vice versa. And I think that's what's great about going around different galleries around the world. And when we were recently back in the UK, it was so exciting to go to the Tate mm. after so many years and just, oh my God, I was wetting my knickers over so many paintings that I love. And I just wanted to sleep there because it's my thing. And it's what I just, I just wanted a brownie. You did just want, you absolutely were absolutely starving. You, <laughs> but what, what was it? Um, what was it like working with someone like Marina? Like, yeah. And also, like, for a young artist listening that wants to get into performance work, how do you make money from performance work? Yeah. Oh, look, it's definitely... Um, oh, it's... From performance, I think that's commissions and things that you can make money from. I, you know, I, I sell my videos. I don't think I've ever made money off a performance other than, like, an artist fee. Yeah. But you... I think maybe yeah, but sure is there like grants? Yes, there lots grand. of yeah, there's, it's a different system. But are they are they necessarily commercial? Um, and are they about? They're not about the thing, are they? Are, are they a product? Well, I've just lost the end of the pen. Oh, I don't know. I mean, as soon as you start thinking, how am I going to make money out of it? I'm sure you'll probably and then it kills it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole thing's yeah. dead. But that so someone true. like um, Marina, though, she must be awe-inspiring because she's just oh, yeah. nailed it on so many levels of like where does she go next almost oh I know I don't I don't know how you and almost if she if she didn't go anywhere next and just went okay um you know that time has passed or I'm going to be working yeah. you know maybe she's making some drawings now who knows but yeah she can she can rest on her laurels 
Good old Marina. Yeah, in terms of like, yeah, she is the most, well, the most important performance artist in the world, really. And and for good reason. She made really important work. And yeah. Mm. it's very inspiring. And to be with her, I found so refreshing. She was very much about stop talking about it, stop researching, like just make, use your yeah, body. Okay. And that was just so um, invigorating because like, art is, has become, yeah, always has been a bit, but it's become very academic, very academic. And she, you know, she's had the ability to um, make something when no one was making it. Like she was, she met, she was the first to make so many mm. developments in performance art um, and create a framework, I guess, for performance artists, you know. Mm. She, yeah, totally. But she did it um, and created her own, she created her own, the, her own framework, her own rules. And, and so then really what everyone's become, you know, everything's become so academic. She's like, well, I just made, and I found these things out. Yes. I did it through my own body experimenting, you know, with myself yes. and my life and places and relationships. And so I, I think that, you know, we do, I think that a lot of artists now are spending a lot of time researching and not, going within self and doing to find the things yeah and that's why like someone goes to me oh you know your work's placed so much in buddhism and I'm like well I don't it just comes from I just I'm I'm always I don't like to read too much or have too much information because then I would just be making work about something that already exists yeah 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 no that's like when they call it an art practice it really just is about making practice you know turning up doing it every day what what's your new body what's your work um about at the moment have you got a show coming up uh yeah I'm working on some work for a show um there's Sydney Contemporary and then another show later in the year at Dominic Mersch Gallery a group show and oh I've just finished a series actually there's one here that's based on um the yellow at the top of the record (laughs) Based on um, Edvard Munch's uh, moons reflecting over lakes. Oh wow! Yeah, and I made like like ten or twelve massive ones of those, and then there's also a big lake scene as well with moons, like three moons in it. I'm a bit obsessed with moons right now. Um, I think with the situation with the, the whole situation with the state of the world politically, environmentally. Um, I I've worked out that I can either just not believe in all of this or I can make work about what I do believe in so right now I'm focusing on the things I do believe in yeah which are the moon the ocean trees nature other species the imagination dreaming um yeah the mystical and they're the things that I'm trying to focus on Mm. in my work at the moment yeah. yeah it's no. great it's so inspiring Lottie because I think we're you know we're constantly grappling with this what are we doing why are we doing this in terms of we 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 have no qualms about doing the work but it's just what you know just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it people say to us and you get to that point where you think okay but am I just 
repeating myself or I don't know, or what am I doing it for? Yeah. Or, I don't know. Well, I think you just got to try and believe in what you're doing really, haven't you? Yeah, and just, exactly. I mean, when you and turn up it. to the studio, you just do it and whether it's but, a... And enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. And that, what yeah. you're doing. And that's what we are definitely doing. And to, to see your work progress and change and, and, and but not is is um is fantastic and i've really enjoyed talking to you today so thank you for your time thank you fantastic. and we yeah uh, we did have a good look in your studio when we walked through yes <laughs> i love your work lottie i do think it's really exciting and brave and and different i, I don't know anyone that's doing what you're doing and i oh. it's amazing that you can be so restrained in in you know I just feel like I I would be like oh I'll do another bit I just you know it's really hard to be that that sort of um you know well I think like what you're trying to live your life is the same as how you're painting you don't yeah. have to, you don't have to have it all put it all in put it all out there it can mm. be you know minimal yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's parallel. Where are you? Are you, go, are you going away overseas, you guys? Or? Yeah, we're going to New York and LA in August. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. So we're going to get to see all these incredible paintings we've only seen on, you know, in books and on the internet. So Fantastic. we're going to have a really good time. Yeah. You might have to get that leak fixed in your roof first, Lottie. I can see it dripping by. No, I'm just going to be, it's a performance piece. It's, it's, <laughs> There's a, few, there's a few leaks. I need to get up there and put them. <laughs> but I reckon if you haven't got a leak at the moment in Sydney, or I'm sorry, New South Wales, then you aren't living. You're not living. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. We, if you haven't got mold, yes, you haven't come to the party. That's what we keep uh, saying. Keep finding mold, going. Where else? Uh, could it? I know. I, I'm so lucky. I actually don't have mould in my house, but I know that because we're up slightly on the hill and then all the houses behind us all have mould. So yeah. we're like, yeah. yeah, it's really bloody bad at oh, the moment. No, we're, yeah. not it. we're not loving but it. My, my warehouse leaks, so I've got one. One. Yes, you do have a, you've got a, you've got a drip. And you, how are you going to go without being in the ocean, Lottie, when you're in America? Oh, you, you know. uh, yeah, LA, I guess we will. Well, we're going to um, Montauk to like the Hamptons for the first week. So we'll get over our jet lag there. Nice. So there'll be a few in the Hamptons, Lottie. I would love, you've got to do a selfie in there. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's meant to be beautiful. Thank you so So much much. for your time, Lottie. It was great to speak to you. And um, we'll come and see your show when it's on a Dominic And I'd love to see what you guys are up to in your studio. And yeah, it's great. All right. It's a bit kitchen table at the moment because it's school holidays. Yeah. Oh, that's my dream. I want I'd love to work at home again. That's yeah. Yeah, it's something quite nice about it. I I sort of alternate between the studio and then do yeah. it on the kitchen table. So at least I feel like I'm around or something. Yeah, I think because we've got older kids and it's interesting how I think I thought when they were tiny, oh yeah, that's when I've got to be 100% present. But now I've got teenagers, I'm realising I need to be there, but not there. So the studio next to the house is perfect. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because you're available um, yeah, they don't want to actually talk to no, you, they but don't they, want to they do need you for money. Do they? We've got they? one, one species <laughs> right now. <laughs> anyway, we'll let you get on, but thank you so much. Thank and you, tell Lottie. James good luck with the ballet. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. 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 
Great. Thank you both. What a lovely chat to have. Thank bless you, you. Thanks, Lottie. Take care. Bye. Please don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. It helps my mum and her friend Fiona get more listeners. Thank you.